0: This, this Taylor, this, fly ball to left. This is the Rich
1: Eisen Show.
0: Nothing hurts than watching your team get eliminated from postseason play. Chris Taylor, a walk-off home run. The Dodgers are walking off to San Francisco.
1: The Rich Eisen Show.
0: Playoff baseball will find your weaknesses. A heck of a baseball game. Everybody got a chance to watch. One swing of the bat, dictator of the night.
1: Today's guests. Ravens defensive end, Calais Campbell. Former MLB executive, David Sampson. Plus, former Raiders CEO, Amy Trask. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All
0: right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. What a busy Thursday we have here in Los Angeles, California, where just moments ago, just moments ago, after that walk-off win for the Los Angeles Dodgers in front of a capacity crowd, filled with dodger fans the final car just left the dodger stadium parking lot and uh so uh, here at 9 a.m pacific time we welcome that person home uh finally Uh, as a long night of baseball and then of course waiting to go home um so welcome
1: it didn't look like anybody left. Chris so, Brockman's hey, back, everybody. Yeah. <mumbles> yeah. Dee 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 I'm not saying anymore. Dee dee. Dee. Good, Good to see you, Michael guy. TJ yeah.
0: Jefferson over there. Good to see you, sir. It was to be here. Stuck around last night, man. It was. I
1: mean, you can't I, leave that.
0: Right? People do, though. What
1: do you mean? Dude,
0: the famous Kirk Gibson home run as they go wide, as the ball leaves the place off of Dennis Eckersley. You could see the red tail lights of certain cars. I mean, we stayed for the Turner. The time we were both at the Turner home run. You got to stay for this. Ty it was an amazing night last night man oh yeah, was man game. was that some baseball game filled with all sorts of tension and drama and shots of fans with their hands in like the steeple pose with their fingers crossed and then and, uh, just standing. there was i think everyone was standing for yeah. the entire yeah. night well, for a it?
1: minute there it didn't look like it, you know scherzer was gonna last longer than garrett cole
0: I know. Bro. You know what? It took it just took that amount of time for Chris to turn the page back of the conversation <laughs> that's already had been had here on the Rich Island yeah, show. let's talk
1: about Boston and New York, guys. Uh, like, sorry, you know sir. you, you had had total your total shot news. yesterday, you yeah. were too busy being a good father to use
0: bad. your coaches. We moved on. Dodgers. Dodgers. So, you know, and 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 I'm 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 I feel for St. Louis Cardinals fans. They watch their team just get red hot the Red Hot Redbirds in August and September, and they earned that shot in Dodger Stadium, and all the Dodger fans that were nervous about not winning the division, making sure that they had a little bit more runway and wiggle room than just one night in Chavez Ravine. All of those fears and concerns came home to roost and were totally realized by a Cardinals team that stayed right in this game, and it was a, uh, a, a battle of the bullpens after... Um, you know, five and a third last night, and it was then a winner-take-all-loser-goes-home uh, ninth inning, essentially. And it reached the bottom of the ninth last night, and FYI, had this gone two extra innings. Uh, postseason baseball don't need no stinking ghost runners. Yeah,
1: no, it's a. It would have been to back, to back to normal. It would have
0: been back to normal, and uh, Chris Taylor... Um, kept us all from seeing all that off of um, Alex Reyes, who came in for T.J. McFarland, and Chris Taylor took that spinning slider in the zone, I mean, and that gone. was as one soon, mistake.
1: As soon as he hit it, you how knew it was many gone. times
0: do you see mistake pitches not taken advantage of yeah. or fouled off? He was on, I hit on that it, one on man. the screws, and as soon as it hit the bat, everybody knew it was over, and a huge sigh of relief for Dodgers fans just a monster on mass exhale for Dodger fans to see that ball leave the yard and now it's Dodgers Giants and I could not believe what I heard first time ever in postseason history that they faced one another I that's what I heard and oh well, yeah cuz
1: before yeah, cause I mean under the play. old rules I mean they it would just play. been the division winner yeah. But they never what faced each other on.
0: in a division series or a championship series, yeah. never once. Yeah. That's... I guess that would make sense because they were in the same division for That's such a, shout a long Shout out time. to two
1: guys on the Dodgers who had been really struggling. Chris Taylor was in a huge slump coming into the postseason, and Kenley Jansen, much maligned all year, had yeah. a fantastic
0: Great. top of the ninth. So the New York Giants never faced the Brooklyn Dodgers? That never happened in any at any time, huh? Ooh. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but here you go, bro. It's the it's a one hundred. So it went from a one hundred win team was in a winner take all single game elimination game to a one hundred win team is going to go home in the and not make round. the championship yeah. round in a uh, and and play for the National League pennant. One's going to go home. I mean, Milwaukee and Atlanta just sit back, like, hey, go ahead, beat each other up, and here we go. And I'll just say this, you know. That had the Cardinals won that game last night, there would be a big hue and cry as to whether a 100 win team yeah. deserves to be in a one game elimination game. That's just the way the ball bounces, man. The only I, I, yeah. I took the time to do this um, because I'm a lead pipe wielding professional. Plus, you know, I <laughs> I I, uh, I I get stuck on minutiae sometimes. A 100 win baseball team playing in a single elimination, one night only wild card game. Is similar to an eleven or twelve win NFL team playing in a single elimination wild card weekend game. And I'll tell you what, Dodgers fans, at least you are home. All those teams are on the road. Right. And an eleven win, twelve win football team, you've had an outstanding season. I mean, a twelve win football season in the old days when they were just playing sixteen regular season games, yeah. that's a seventy-five percent right. winning clip which is unheard of in baseball which is unheard of in baseball right so you've won 75 percent of your games and you are in a single elimination playoff game on the road and i looked it up there were four teams like that last year four in the nfl last year the colts bucks ravens and browns all finished 11 and 5 and all of them had to go on the road in the playoffs, and the only one who lost was the Colts, the Bills. Everyone else won. Wow. In 2019, Seattle was 11-5. and five. They went to Philadelphia. They won. In 2018, the Chargers had a 12-win record, and they went to Baltimore and won. Remember, that was the one where Lamar came in and beat them in the soccer stadium, and then they turned around <laughs> oh, yeah, and they went right. to Baltimore and... And we were all wondering, can Lamar win the big one already? And That's that, how it that started. That defense just shut him down. 2017, Carolina had an 11-win season, went to New Orleans and lost. The Raiders had finished 12-4 and in 2016. That was the year Derek Carr was an MVP candidate and then broke his leg, and then that was all she wrote for them. And then another 12-win team in 2013, the San Francisco 49ers, 12-4. and They went to Green Bay and won that one. That was when Kaepernick was lighting it up. They made it to the NFC Championship game. So at least the Dodgers had that game home last night. And I, I, I kind of love it. And I know, I know so many people around it. it's so unfair that we won all those games and we it was in a one game elimination contest. But that was so intense last night. It was so intense. It was
1: intense. <laughs> it was an awesome game.
0: Here and here's another thing. We're gonna have David Sampson, former uh and MLB executive and now pundit. In the world of baseball, on an hour number two, and I don't want to talk about this stuff. The world of analytics, we all know about it. I can't stand the shifts. I hate the shifts, and we're going to all see it in, in, in full down, full bloom with the Tampa Bay Rays. And I'm not a full. I don't have a full grasp of analytics. The only thing is that whenever we talk about somebody closing in on 100 pitches, that sounds like analytics to me. Because I remember back in the day, I, I would love to see the. Um, I would love to see the broadcast of that game where. Um, of that game where uh, Jack Morris pitched into the 10th inning. <laughs> okay. Were they talking about his pitch count in that game? Hold on. I'll tell you how much. I don't even there. know. Hold you know on. what I mean? Like, if I'm like, well, they're nearing 100 pitches and it's the third time through the lineup. And it's just like, come on. Come not, on.
1: Was that 91 or 90? 91.
0: 91. I mean, it's just like, come on. I think they would been afraid to you know, take Jack Morris out of the game. And so, I, I, <laughs> so, and any time. I mean, that bum looked pretty pissed last And night. the other, and, and basically the other time, okay, where. You know, any 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 time a pitcher's taken out where somebody like Jack Morris or Dave Stewart or Gibson or Steve Carlton or whomever receiver would punch the manager's lights out for even considering it. That's (laughs) analytics to me. (laughs) And so last night, third time through the order, Max Scherzer, who did not finish strong during the season, I understand.
1: 126 pitches for Jack. He's nearing
0: 100 pitches and he strikes out O'Neill with two guys, he puts the first two guys on base to start the fifth, yeah. strikes out O'Neill, and out comes Dave Roberts. And I knew when the first two guys reached and they showed Roberts in the dugout, I know he's itching to take Scherzer yeah. out, but for some reason decided, okay, let's keep him in for, for O'Neill because yeah. there must be some book on, on Scherzer versus O'Neill, and they knew it, and Scherzer struck him out yeah. with full command of his pitches in that at-bat. Out comes Roberts, and I've never seen this before. Did you notice this? Out comes Roberts, hand extended. And Scherzer looked at Roberts like, Like, what are you doing? Are you serious? And the ball doesn't come out of Scherzer's glove. So Roberts shakes Scherzer's open hand. Because normally the pitcher will take the ball out of his glove and hand it to the skipper. Instead, Scherzer's standing there at him, sort of like, can't believe it. I've never seen this before. Roberts shook (laughs) Scherzer's hand and then with his left hand reached into... Scherzer's gloved left hand and took the ball from the glove. (laughs) I've never seen anything like that before. That's what analytics is bringing about. Scherzer's plaque will be hung in Cooperstown, correct? We agree with this, correct? Yeah, for sure. All right. And here we are in a winner-take-all game. Uh, Puts two guys on, struggled towards the end of the season. I get it. But I couldn't believe he took him out. Yeah. Joe Kelly did get him out of the inning. Kelly pitched well. Kelly took him out of the inning. Well, I may have missed and this then, yesterday. Do you think Cole should have gotten taken out on on Tuesday night? After two innings? Yeah. I don't think so. No. But... I, like, let I, honestly, him work through I, it. I, that's, I mean, what, I, that's what you've got. You pay him $350 right. million for. Like, let him work through it unless... Aaron Boone knows there's a hamstring or something going on and right. he's fighting through it and we don't know about it because they don't talk about it. Right. But I'm sitting there in my, in, in my office like two innings and all you needed to know is the answer to my questions. Like, is this the right move or not? They showed a shot going to break on the ESPN broadcast of Alex Cora standing on his top step outside of the dugout watching whatever was going on on the mound. And the minute that Cole left, Cora like pumped his fist. And the answer to that question was, guess they shouldn't have taken him out. Or right. he's reacting like, yes. First order of business tonight, knock, knock Cole out. out of the game. Right. After two innings. That so, so again, I just wanted to – Wainwright. Wainwright it was unbelievable. last Going night. through third time in the order, one out in the in the in the sixth, out he comes. And and it's just like, well. Will anybody ever, I guess Verlander, when he went like full nine in the playoffs a couple years ago, will he be the last to ever do that? And why does it bother me? I don't know why it bothers me. It just bothers me so much. I want to see somebody start and just say, you're not taking me out. Yeah, it's the third time through the order and I'm going to struggle, but gas me. Gas me to 120 pitches. Well, I don't know. He might have to go in game two or game three, you know, but there might not be a game two or game three. I, I I just the whole battle of bullpens like every, baseballs like the openers go two, and the starters go four or five, and then it's just five six guys who just throw a hundred miles an hour and and here and, and and I don't know I I still found last night's game intense and enjoyable ninth inning where. It was was incredible. Yeah, incredible. Certainly when Pool Holes steps to the plate and against he, the Cardinals. By the way, and off the bat, did you think that Of maybe, course I did. I yeah, mean, yeah. hit that on the screws. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean it really was terrific. But I just I just when it comes down to it, I just want to see somebody could somebody go seven. Give me give me give me six complete. Also that game was awesome last night.
1: Three one with a walk off less than ten hits I think in the game. You know how long it took?
0: four hours it and was fi- four hours and
1: 15 minutes it
0: was insane
1: and i think that's to your point about pitching like so many pitching changes there's so many timeouts and outs. then you're looking in the glove you're, you're looking, you're in you're the looking hat at the hat the it, because, card and right, because, because and somebody like,
0: gets on second base the game slows down right you know
1: so suddenly all, a game like that in the old days would have been
0: under three hours right. probably 245 we all have somebody I know we all have somebody in our poker game who's slower than everybody else right that guy is my buddy, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. He, he, he's like the runner on second base in the playoffs. That <laughs> you know, slows you know, everything you're folding, down. Just fold. Just, but he slows everything down. Yeah. Slow, uh, I mean, all right. That said, positives. Fun game, Fun game when it all came down to it. Intense finish. Setting up two 100-win teams in the NL. And now there are eight. There are eight left. And we'll talk about it with David Sampson, former and uh, major league um, front office executive from uh, the, from South Florida. He will be joining us on this program. Also on the show, Amy Trask, uh, one uh, one of our favorites. She's back on the show. Former executive uh, for the Raiders, now the one of the best NFL analysts out there for CBS Sports. She wrote an article for the Athletic saying the Jaguars should have just bounced Urban Meyer on the spot. And that story is going to finally begin to ebb, and then we'll see what happens on Sunday. But before all of that, Amy's going to join us on that subject. And I want to ask her again, where, 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 where the taunting emphasis comes from? Like, who, where, who ordered this code red? That's what I want to know from the league executive perspective. Um, and coming up next on this program, big game for the Ravens on Monday Night Football. One of the biggest men in all of the land. The gentle giant, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner from the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Colts on a Week 5 finale. As we all know, Week 5 begins tonight with another Los Angeles team, the Rams, coming off their first loss of the season against the Arizona Cardinals to fall to 0-1 and in division, Ooh, big game. taking on a Seattle Seahawks team that bounced back from two consecutive losses to beat the 49ers and knock Jimmy G out of the game and they're 1-0 in division. They could go to 2-0 in division and send the Rams to 0-2 in division. What a huge Week 5 Thursday night football game to kick off the triple cast on Fox, NFL Network, and Amazon Prime. That's tonight. We'll discuss that at length. I've got a bunch of teams, four teams in Week 5 that need to win. My four downs later on. Your phone calls at 844-204-RICH- is the number to dial. Chris Brockman's back, everybody. And you should stay right where you are. Calais Campbell will be calling in from Baltimore, Maryland, in a moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
1: This is the Rich Eisen
0: show back here on the Rich Eisen show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. I love this guy, man. I'm, I'm not just saying that cause he's on hold and he's a professional and he's on time making his phone call. And it's a point around right here on the Rich Eisen show, but he is a Walter Payton man of the year award winner. And he is a guy right there in that defensive line for the Baltimore Ravens who are three and one could be easily four and zero. Oh, have been through a lot already in just one month of the season Joining us here before Monday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts, the capper to Week 5 that begins tonight, in the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, it is Calais Campbell. How are you, Calais? Hey, living the dream, baby. How you doing? I am better for talking to you. Living the dream. What year is this for you now, Calais? What year is this it is now? Four-
2: 14. Whoa. Come on.
0: 14? That is crazy. is yeah, gotta. Be- Do you sit back and think about that at any point? Like I can't believe this is year 14 for me. Right
2: oh, most definitely, you know, leading to the season, you know, it kind of was one of those things where it was like, man, you know, I had to really sit back and like, wow, you know, just take a look at my, my career and, uh, you know, how bad I really wanted to, like, to make a decision. Do I really want to go out there and, and be what I could be, you know, in year 14? And so, um, you know, but I worked really hard, got into the position where I feel real good right now, man. So,
0: you know, it's been fun. So you did spend some time uh, during the spring uh, or whenever wondering if you should keep it going? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I think I feel like when you get to this level, you have to, you know, you got to make a decision, you know, because this you can't just kind of do this, you know, you got to really make a decision. And you know, I have to think about, you know, all the different options and you know, where my life is, you know, where I'm at at this point in time, you know, if I really want to be great at this. And so, uh, I made a decision and I bust my tail, you know, work really, really hard. What is that
0: busting tail, working really hard, making sure you're as great as you can be in your? 14. Like, walk me through what that really means, Colette, for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would say this offseason, you know, there were some days where my legs were heavy I and mean, I was just sore as can be. I was tired, you know, and you had to, you know, you had to have a why. You know, you had to have a reason for doing it because, you know, when I was, you know, 25 years old, I go out there and do my workouts, you know, I mean, I, had, I felt great. You know, I had no issues at all. You know, I mean, you get a little soreness, a little cold, time, I'd be fine. Versus now, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's a grind. You know, I feel. You know, the, every bit of it. And uh, then I had to I had to get myself into to a position where I knew that if I do it now, if I did it in the spring, you know, now in, in this current time, I'll feel good. And, you know, late in the fourth quarter last week, man, I felt great. I feel like I was at my best.
0: How about that? So let's get to the why. Why? Why you're 14? Why do it?
2: Why? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, first things first, I want to win the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, I I, I, I went to it as a rookie. And you know, a uh, knowing little kid, not knowing how precious that moment was, it really was. You know, I just couldn't, even though everybody told me that this is rare and appreciate it. You know, I was just, I was 22. You know, and I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't know better. And uh, so, um, you know, I, I, I mean, a lot of ups and downs. You know, a couple championship games. You know, uh, moments away from being in the Super Bowl and just haven't been able to get back. And I, I want it bad, man. I felt like this team and you know, what we have, I know we're capable. And then uh, you know, I just felt like, you know, my career and what I've done, you know, um, you know, I'm, I, I want to be at the very end of it, you know, um, you know, with a bronze head and uh, and a gold jacket. That's always been a, a big goal of mine. You know, I think everybody who plays this game should have that goal of being considered the best of the best when you do it. And um, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I, I would like to leave no doubt. And so I, I know I got a lot of work to do.
0: So just going back to one more time here. So the. Um the Super Bowl that you were in, just so everyone can understand how, how long it was, that Super Bowl was the one in, in Tampa, right? Where, yep. With with Kurt and Fitz and James Harrison and all of that, right? That was your Super yep. Bowl?
2: that was my Super Bowl.
0: What was, what was that one like for you? I've never asked you about that. That's kind of crazy. That feels like a different life for me professionally. Yeah. It must feel like that
2: way for you. I mean, it was a long time ago, uh, but it was, and I I still remember like it was yesterday because it was such a a special time in my life. You know, I mean, you think about all the time when I was a kid and I dreamt about playing the Super Bowl, and then my first year in the NFL, here it comes. And like that whole day, the whole week really, but that, that day leading up to the game, I couldn't even feel my body. Like I felt like my body was just like, I was floating everywhere I went. I was just floating. I couldn't even feel my legs. And it wasn't until the game started and I got that first hit where I was like, okay, you know, this is just football. Uh, but it was an incredible experience, you know, and uh, to be able, I mean, it was just an incredible game for the people who remember it. I mean, they went down yeah. to the very last play. Sure did. Yeah.
0: Sure did. Uh, to be a
2: part of. I know.
0: Calais Campbell here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show, Monday Night Football, Colts and Ravens. So what makes you think the Ravens can win a Super Bowl? What gives you that sense, that feeling?
2: Calais. Well, first things first, I think we got a whole lot of talent in this building, you know, and the number one reason is <laughs> Lamar Jackson. You know, uh, he's just a, an incredible player that, you know, just makes everybody else around him better. And then uh, just the brother, brotherhood we have. You know, I mean, this place, you know, we really have that bond where we play for each other. And I believe any time you play for each other, it's going to allow you to play above your potential. You know, you can play at the highest level of your potential when you're, when you're doing it for somebody else uh, that's next to you. And we have that brotherhood so far. You know, now obviously – you know, that's not enough. You know, you got to go out there and execute and make plays, you know. But, you know, we have the guys that can make the plays and we're motivated to make them. So now it just comes down to the execution and the health and all the different things that go into it. But, you know, it's a long grind. But I think uh, what I try to make sure guys understand now is just be in the moment. So I, be the best we can be today.
0: Right. In terms of that bond and playing for one another, Calais Campbell, I mean, how did you guys grow uh, to closer together from that awful day in – training camp or right before the beginning of the season uh it's after training camp but right before the beginning of the season where Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters go down uh with knee injuries after Dobbins went down with a knee injury it was just like it it was a it was a rash that completely blew my mind from just the outside looking in What, what about your team and bonding through and around all of that
2: yeah it was um I mean, that was a crazy day, you know. In all my years of football, i never seen anything like that, you know, uh, where two of your star players go down with them plays of each other, you know what I mean? It was literally like three plays later. And, like, uh, the first time, you know, you know, when MP went down, you know, uh, he went down first, and then, like, just takes the win out of you. You know, we're having a great practice. We're flying around. We're having fun. And then, you know, a guy that you just, you know, you have so much love for, admiration, you know, for the way he plays the game, the way he, you know, what he brings to the game. It's just like, man, you, your heart breaks for him. You know, because you know, I know our, our depth. I know who we have stepping up that can make plays. I know we're still going to be a good football team. But it's just like I know how hard he worked and like how good of a season he could have had. And just kind of your heart breaks for him. And then like literally a couple of plays later, you see Gus go down and another guy that I've been a big fan of because he went to the U and I've been following his career all of, it, all of his career. I've been following him and just a big fan of his and just seeing his development and how he's become just, this you know, this, this guy who was ready to take over the league. I just thought like he could have been all-pro this year. And then you know he goes down. It's just like wow, you know. And then coach called the practice up, and it was just you could feel the energy, you know, and uh, in and the, in the, in the building just kind of get sucked out. But we got great leaders and great people who've been through some stuff, you know, and understand that like you know we couldn't let that detour us. We had to just come together and then you know play for them, you know, because they're still part of this. You know everything we did up until this point, you know, they're still a big part of it, and they still come into the building, you know, still bring that good energy in the building still, so which has been great for us.
0: And then, you know, um, the season opener, the Monday nighter uh, in, in Las Vegas, which was insane. It was like a trip to Vegas all in one, you know, five-quarter football game, you know, and, um, and then uh, that moment in time where you're staring, you know, Owen 2 right in the face with the Chiefs just needing to hold on to the football to win it, and your teammate, Owe, comes up with a huge play. How good is this kid and what you're seeing right next to you on that line? Calais.
2: Yeah, he's special. You know, I mean, he's just a young, talented kid with a whole lot of heart, plays hard. And, um, you know, I don't think he even realized how big of a moment that is. I tell him, you know, but I don't want to get too big at it, so I don't make too big of a deal about it. <laughs> so, you know, you got to make sure, you know, that, you know, keep, keep him humble and, and working. But his potential is through the roof, and he has a knack for making plays. You know, I mean, that's something that, like, you know, I mean, they're playing for a field goal. You know, would have been tough, tough kick in that in that position. You know, especially with the way we rushed the kicker. But you know, in that situation, it was like, man, you know, it's gonna be a tough, tough ball getting the win unless we make a play. And he comes up with, you know, a play. I mean, forcing a fumble and recovering it, and that's spectacular. And that's something you can't coach. You know, it's just instincts. You know, he has the knack for making plays, and uh, you know, it's special. But we have a lot of guys like that on this team. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like we have a real, real chance. But obviously, that's some stuff you can't, you can't do it today. All you have to do is take advantage of the moment in front of you. And Monday night football, man, it's gonna be a tough matchup, so we've got to go out there and be our best.
0: Yeah, a few more minutes left here with Calais Campbell on the Rich Eyes What did it mean to see Harbaugh? I don't know if you if you heard it at the time, but we saw the NBC cameras on that week two Sunday night uh catch Harbaugh, ask Lamar if he wanted to go for it on that fourth down to wrap it up. I mean, and obviously you'd have been in a very difficult position having to defend against Lamar uh, uh Patrick Mahomes on a shorter field, uh with with backs against the wall and needing them only needing a field goal. What did that mean? for you to see that from your coach?
2: Yeah, I mean, so I'll I'll say this. You know, uh, Harbs, he's a guy, he's a man of his word, you know, and he he has uh, his beliefs and things that mean something to him, and and he sticks up for him. And I remember uh, when we were practicing in camp, you know, and he was talking about, you know, uh, in those four-for-one situations when it's a tough ball game, you know, what do you guys want? And, you know, everything's situational in a sense, but generally speaking, you know, I feel like our offense, I'm very confident our offense can pick up a yard. We're the best running football team, you know, probably in the history of the game up there, you know, one of the best in the history of the game. And so for us to go get one yard, I feel like it's very doable with the guys we have, you know, out there controlling it. So, you know, I felt pretty good about being able to get that one yard. But then again, as a defender, you know, when you only got to defend one yard for one play, you know, you sell out. And so it's, it's it's definitely a balance. And, uh, you know, I remember a Coach took it to the sideline, and, you know, everybody on the sideline saying, go for it, go for it, go for it. And he asked, he asked Lamar, and you already know Lamar's, you know, he's confident <laughs> yes. in his ability and put the ball in his hands. He's going to make it happen. So it, it was a crazy moment, you know. Uh, and, you know, I, I personally, you know, being a, you know, trying to be a strategic person in the game, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's okay if we point it, though, because I know our defense can go out there and get a stop. But it is Patrick Mahomes. And statistically, I know that one yard we can get right here, you know, let's go get it. So it was definitely a torn decision for me. But Harv's, being who he is, you know, it wasn't a doubt. You know, he knew we could go get it.
0: No, I know you're one of the best running um, offenses of all time. 44 straight um, games with at least 100 yards, Calais. A record that uh, was achieved this past week on what I believe uh, another coach called a BS uh, play, uh, Calais. Um what did you think of what Vic Fangio had to say uh, after your coach said, let's go for it with just one play left, said it would been, would mean a lot to the team? What do you think of the way uh, the Broncos took it?
2: Yeah, i say this. To me, I feel like uh, I'm glad my coach is a person that will go for it, you know, and go get that because it means something, you know, in, in this building, you know, to be a part of history, you know, for what we do and how hard we work you know um, you know i was on the field saying let's get the stops and get the ball back for offense so we can go get 100 yards cuz it, it, it means something you know that's something that uh, it's a lot of hard work a lot of people who go you know above and beyond to, to be able to be in that position to capture and uh you know to capture a record like that you know and to be in the history book something that stood for 40 years for, you know over 40 years and so that's that's important cuz this game you know you want you know it's a special game it's a fun game a lot of great people have played it and where you can get your name in history you know and be a part of something like that is special and so for me, you know, I'm, I'm so glad my coach, you know, is the kind of guy that would go for it because to me, you know, uh, you know, this team, you know, just, just being a part of something, you know, you want to be a part of something special. And, you know, I mean, obviously we have bigger goals than that. But that is something that's definitely uh, you know it's, it's cool to be a part of.
0: And of course, you know you, you, you're not three and one going for a four and one record against the Colts if not for your kicker, right? Like you got to give it up for your kicker because we just skipped right around that sixty yard field goal in Detroit, <laughs> yeah. Calais. What was your History. perspective on that one? What was
2: your? You no, know, uh, I see Tuck in practice, you know, and I'm like, man, this guy has such an incredible leg, and like he's he has like the nerves of steel. I mean, he's an incredible incredible person you know an incredible football player and just see you know when when we got that ball and Sammy Watkins caught it and uh you know I mean obviously you know we're like get out of bounds get out of bounds and he goes down and so we have to you know (laughs) spike it real quick and and then I'm thinking to myself like uh all right you know you know uh we've shown a couple times you know in games where we just go get extra six seven yards and he took that away so he had to throw it away so now I'm like. You know, this, this is a long kick. You know, I think but, but we got tucked, though. This is good right here. This is enough. We can kick it from here. And I just told myself, you know, because I, I block for him, so just give him a little more time because mm-hmm. I know he's going to take a little big, bigger step. And uh, just seeing that ball, you know, float through the air and hitting that upright, or you know, hitting the post and bouncing in the air, like your heart stops for a second. It's like, wow. And I, I mean, I didn't even know how long it was. I knew it was close to the record, but I didn't even know it was a record till afterwards. But, you know, just it, it's great having – you know, somebody like Tucker, you know, just, you know, just, you know, incredible full player, you know, probably the best ever at his position, you know, and much respect to all the great kickers that come before him, you know, and, you know, and it's, you know, it's an arguable, you know, conversation, but, you know, I'm a little biased because he's my teammate. Yeah. But, I mean, what he did right there, you know, definitely put him in the conversation for being the best ever.
0: You know, I just even in all this, and I do want to ask you about the Colts before you go, uh, you've had a, a, a full season in the first month, it seems like. I mean, not just <laughs> just walking this through this with you right here, you've jammed an entire season's worth of drama in just four weeks.
2: That's incredible, yeah.
0: you know, hey, but, and you're 3-1.
2: Battle-tested. Battle-tested, you know, we're learning how to win tough ball games and building our confidence, which I think is crucial for where we want to go.
0: All right. So, what is the challenge for the Colts for you with the Colts? Carson Wentz with the banged up ankles, but they come off a win. That kid from Wisconsin comes downhill fast. Uh, what, what do you What do you got for me on that front, Colas? let
2: you complete go. Complete team, complete team that has uh, you know it has every piece you need to win ball games. Uh, desperate, trying to get back into the, into the into the fight. Um, you know, talent everywhere. You know, um, I mean, their running game. They have literally four running backs who you have to respect that can, you know, can take it for a home run at any given time. You know, people forget about Wilkins, but he's a good player, too. You know, I've played against, you know, all of them multiple times, being in uh, the same division for a couple years. And, um, you know, I I have nothing but respect for all the running backs. But it starts with, you know, uh, uh, with Taylor. You know, he's a beast. And, um, you know, what he did last week was, I mean, it it was special. You know, I mean, it's just he he really put the team on his back a little bit in my opinion, uh, you know. Then Carson Wentz stepped up and and, and uh, had his best game as a Colt. Uh, but I've played against Carson Wentz multiple times as well, right. and uh, with him, you know, he's a, he's a he's a competitor. And so this is gonna be it's gonna take all of us. It's gonna take you know our best effort, you know, because this team, the way their defense is too, you know, they're just a talented team and uh, they're starting to get it rolling. So you know, it's gonna take our our a game.
0: Well, look, Calais, I know I've kept you on the phone a long time during a, a middle of a week on a practice day, but I, I, I always want to give you the chance to tell us what's going on in your world with uh, with your charitable works and your works in the community. You're Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. You got that patch on your jersey, which not everybody, very few people have. It's the best patch in the NFL. Um, and I know that there's a C patch for a lot of people, too. Uh, what is going on in your world that you might want people to be a part of, Calais?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly... Uh... It's just um, you know uh, getting out in the community, getting to know Baltimore. You know, uh, getting out in uh, some of the recreation centers and uh, schools, and uh, trying to just um, you know arm them with with tools. You know, being you know teaming up with the the Ravens and uh, passing out laptops uh, the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, trying to uh, you, know, uh, di- uh, you know fight the digital divide. You know, obviously uh, it was just one of those things where you know giving away uh, laptops and um, and um, in internet service and then uh, just you know trying to do my part as a, as a mentor and talking to kids and stuff but uh, you know it's always fun you know when when you can go out and get in the community and put a smile on the kids faces man it's, uh, I take great pride in that it's a great honor to be a role model in this community
0: you're the best Calais Campbell thank you for the time let's t- let's uh, let's stay in touch what a what a season you've had so far Appreciate it. Thank you for the call. Hey,
2: Rich, it's always a pleasure, man. Right Thank back you.
0: at you. That is Calais Campbell prior to the Colts on Monday Night Football right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Oh, baby.
1: Fourteen years for Calais. That is – I was surprised at that.
0: And, 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 again, when he said, you know, my first year was in the Super Bowl, I thought to myself, he was drafted by the Cardinals, and they've only been in one Super Bowl. Is he referring to that that <laughs> right, Super Bowl?
1: That was his rookie year. Yeah. Nuts. Uh, yeah. That right?
0: And he said something, you know, I, that's kind of topical about his coach. That he looks you in the eye and he tells you what's going on. And he has no question in his mind about the trust level.
1: Big trust level. Big
0: trust yeah. level. I understand what is it with Z's, right? Spell it with Z's too. Big trust. Big trust. I don't know. But I again, if you have it, guys will go through brick walls. They really will. And if you don't, and you don't think it's repairable, you gotta pull the plug. And that might be what's going on in Jacksonville. Just wanted to just point that out. You hear what you you just you hear from a player in the league for fourteen years. A 14-year veteran is the one who's got a BS meter. And he liked going for that record. It means a lot to the people in that building, and I guess he could care less what Vic Fangio has to say. That's a win. Move on. Next up, the Colts. And Carson Wentz's two sprained ankles. <laughs> and on tomorrow's show is Carson Wentz. Oh, yeah. And I'm, you taped, know. Taped up. already. Up. I already know the first question is, what is it like to play in a National Football League game with Two sprained ankles? With, with two. Not one. As, as Ian Rappaport said when he came on this show, There's, he, it's the maximum number of ankles you can sprain. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right. Phone calls, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls when we come back.
1: Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Hi there. Sorry
0: for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style, whatever app you switch to. Be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.
1: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here. So Baker Mayfield has uh, a non-throwing shoulder injury you were talking about before the show, Chris Brockman. Oh,
1: Oh yeah, there are reports that Baker is playing currently with a partially torn labrum.
0: In his non-throwing shoulder. So when he's sacked on his other shoulder, that's going to be Yeah, a left shoulder. Difficult. He's
1: been wearing a shoulder harness. Uh, it happened tough, September man. 19th, against week two against the Texans. No surgery. He's been listed on the report after the injury, but hasn't missed a
0: practice or a snap. Let me tell you something. That's a big game this weekend. Right here in SoFi Stadium. Huge game. Because if you think the Ravens are going to win this division... In the AFC North. Mm -hmm. And you think the Chiefs will ultimately prevail in the AFC West. Let's just say you believe those things. Okay. These are not outlandish ideas, right? Right. At all. And you got yourself the Browns and the Chargers needing to make a playoffs. This is a big-time, huge playoff tiebreak, head-to-head, right here. Now, there's seven spots now, as you know. Seven spots. And it'll be very difficult to one of these folks to be left out. But as you know, there's a third team in in the AFC West, in the Raiders, and potentially the Broncos. And as you know, laugh all you want. There's a third team in in the AFC North as well. And that would be your Cincinnati Bengals sitting there at (laughs) 3-1. Laugh. You just laughed. Laugh all you want. Well, I mean. Laugh all you want. Laugh all you want. Because the Bengals, in terms of the uh, first division game being played in the AFC North, they're the ones who got the the dub. They're the ones who got the dub in Pittsburgh. They're 3-1. And And again, I'm just, I'm not saying that this tie break will be cashed in to see who makes the playoffs. I'm obviously suggesting that right now. Most likely, let's just say the Browns and Chargers win their division. They survive wild-card weekend. And who who plays one another? And where do they play? Here in beautiful SoFi or out in Cleveland? Big game. I can't wait to see it. Justin Herbert v. Baker Mayfield. And we'll see if the running game is relied on a little bit more. If Baker, Because it just seems to be a missing gear, don't you think? On this offense. There's that big splash play that's missing. Week one looked good. I'm waiting. And we didn't see that blowout win against the Texans in week two. Nope. They were losing. Right. And then this past week in Minnesota was just like watching paint dry. Well, he missed.
1: Baker missed some throws. I mean, he's kind of the one that's holding this thing back a little bit, it feels like,
0: after four weeks. So, let me ask you this question. No. 2018 (laughs) draft. Okay, 2018 draft. Are we redrafting? 2018 redraft. Who do you draft first? 2018 redraft.
1: All right, stand by. Do you
0: take Lamar or Josh Allen first? You take Josh Allen first, take, don't oh, you? yeah, yeah. I take Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Josh Allen. That's so tough. Josh because Allen goes first. Do you Josh take Allen. Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson first? Josh Allen first. I mean, Lamar's got an MVP, right? That's so true. I, Josh Allen does uh, it, right now. Lamar
1: was. Pretty good right away. It took Josh Allen three years.
0: I understand that, but wouldn't you say potentially that Lamar's yeah. level of play is somewhat unsustainable? Long run. I, I long would, run, I would long say, run. I
1: would say that. I would say that. Long run. I would say Josh Allen. Yeah, I Would, t- would your, you take
0: Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson? I think Although so. Although we just had Calais Campbell on here, and I said, what's the reason why you think you can win the Super Bowl? And the first words out of his mouth was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean – all right. Well, I, here's the deal, though. If I have so the second you, pick, whichever one you don't take, I'm gladly going to snap. Understood. are so, not going to be. It's I'll, one, two. Yeah. It's it's really what you think. So I would take Josh Allen first.
1: All right. Hold on. I'll let me just put this on Twitter.
0: And then Lamar. Mm-hmm. And then Baker or Sam Darnold. Sam. I think Darnold. you got to go with so Sam. What are, so what are you saying, Sam Darnold? Like in that voice for? Would you take Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield right now?
1: I would take Sam.
0: Over Baker Mayfield. Oof. It's kind of like what you said about Joshua. If I asked, Josh, you this, though, t- I asked you this question four weeks ago, you'd laugh me out of there, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd laugh me out. Chris, you wouldn't sit there and say <laughs> take Sam Donald over, over over Baker Mayfield before we saw what Sam looked like in the first four weeks of his Carolina tenure. No I chance. I don't
1: put Sam's struggles on him.
0: The- Would you really if I t- for real, like think about this. For uh, real. This time last year, let's put it that way. No, this time last month. Well, who September seventh ago. Yeah, but so the season started, so he may have. I'm trying to help you. Start, I'm trying to help you out. Excuse here. me, the season had not yet started. I didn't have at it, Brockman. <laughs> that was all we had yet have to see but... Baker versus Kansas City. One month ago today, you're taking Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. I disagree. I will answer for you. What would you say now, though? You are really taking Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield right now?
1: I think so. I think Sam's ceiling is a little higher than Baker's. I think we've kind of seen the best of.
0: Wow. What we're gonna get from him? I right? don't know. Chris Brockman.
1: Hey, am I gonna be on the list? Am I on the Baker list now? No,
0: you've you've now you've now been added to the uh, to the guest list yeah. on Colin Coward tomorrow. Yeah. If you want the second <laughs> hour off, you could take the first hour to go drive up to Pico.
1: I appreciate that. Two of you guys can go hang actually, out. Actually, that's what I was doing yesterday.
0: Yeah. You can go hang out. I thought I saw That's a picture doing, of you because yes, I didn't see. I didn't, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see on yeah, it's, uh, it's, on their on their it's, uh, it's, uh, it's social media accounts. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to say. Do you feel like they're kind of the same person? If they flip teams, would they be the, Would they have the same record?
0: Um, probably so. But I, I can't believe I'm I'm saying this. I, I I I still think Baker. I still believe in the guy, man. Mm-hmm. I still believe in him. You why, know? Are we, why are we saying we still believe in them? like something happened that, Well, us in our faith to lead? Like, they won the division last year, right? No, no, I, I I understand that. The so, reason, I'll answer the question. Okay. You asked it, I will answer it. Because the, oh, two, the two other ones that are off the board are 1-1 an MVP, and 1 is definitely an MVP candidate right now for what everybody believes going into Sunday Night Football could prove the Bills' true... Ability to win this conference, that everybody, everybody thinks they're the best team in the conference right now, and that would stamp it and validate it, and everybody sitting here right now thinks that's going to be a hell of a Sunday night game, and it's entirely possible that he can do that, whereas in week one, Baker went in there with his team, and obviously things happened out of his control, but he hasn't come up with, even though he did beat the Steelers and boat race them out. Last year did prove to me that he has the ability to win a playoff game and also threaten the uh, the king, the throne at the AFC. He does have that ability. Right now, through the first four weeks of the season, their record is what it is, but you still are going to be putting your chips on Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. And when is Baker going to say, I belong in that conversation? With his play. As opposed to his pedigree and his moxie and the results, which
1: result. I love, I love all of that. I right. love all of that about him. Uh, we that's love, the what, answer. we love what beats inside, and that he kind of has a chip and hold grudges. But he's—they don't rely on him to win the game. He's not asked to like go out in the that's fourth true. quarter and take this game over like and win the, the game. Like the other two guys,
0: like the other two guys, right? And and the reason why he's not asked is it because he doesn't have the ability, or that's just the way that they play. And that's the question. We'll see what happens with the the Chargers this weekend. Again, full circle. Big game just up the road here. Coming up, hour number two, a little bit baseball. Playoffs with Dave Sampson.